Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 8 through 13, called The Secret of Contentment. You almost get the idea that Paul's use of the word whatever, if there's anything, has the idea that he's saying, look for the good. If you, whatever you can find, if there's anything praiseworthy, begin to dig down and mine for those things. Because you all know that if you are struggling with a relationship right now, whether it's your spouse or some other relationship, family member, work, uh, you know, a neighbor, whatever it is, we can get into a mode where we are constantly seeing the flaw in that person. And we have stopped looking for anything good in them. We have become catastrophic in our thoughts toward that person. And so the word whatever is found six times, the word any once, and the word anything once each. And you get the idea that Paul is saying, just look for something good. And you almost get the feel that he's talking still about these two women. And saying, hey, if, if you want to resolve this, you guys have to pray for one another and start looking for the best in each other rather than the worst. This is the key to live in harmony But it's also a key of overcoming anxiety because when we have relationships like this, it is a main source of anxiety in our lives. We're always kind of undone and discombobulated by interactions and the like. And so we have to find the key here. And the key, Paul is saying, is about focus. And he's giving us thoughts about contentment. Well, what does he say? Well, in the six parallel phrases, if you pick it up in verse 8 with me, he starts off with, finally, brethren, whatever is true. The Greek word for true is unconcealed, constant, valid, trustworthy, correct. This is a mind that is stayed on God. God is the God of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So we have to look at what's true. Now, what do we know about people that's true? We know that God loves people, that God, that God made people in his image. And more than that, if you are struggling with a Christian brother or sister, the Holy Spirit lives in them, Christ in them, the hope of glory. Far be it from me to not see what's true in them, what's real, authentic, etc., A mind that is consistently contemplating truth, i.e. God's word, and has a focus on God will start to see people through God's eyes and see what's actually true of them. Think about Jesus and his ministry. How many times are you surprised when you read the Gospels that he doesn't focus on people's weaknesses, including the apostles, but rather elevates their strengths, what God knows they will become or what they will ultimately be? And this is one of the truths that Paul says is going to help all of us. To reject lies, the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies, John 8, 44, and rather to ground our view in truth, how God loves people. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable is the kind of parallel phrase here. They're related but not exactly the same. uh, Whatever is 
true, whatever is honorable. The definition here is worthy of respect. It signifies moral excellence. It points ultimately to Christ, who is the noble, honorable one, of course. But it also points to elders and leaders who are to be honorable people. It signifies dignity, depth, and excellence. It is indeed seeing Christ in others. What do I see that's noble about that person? What can I accentuate that is positive? The word just, uh, the next two are just and pure. The word just refers to what is right. What do they do that's right? The broad sense of the word is in view here and includes thought and action. Here it speaks of justness, rightness, good character. And then pure is what is morally beautiful, undefiled. It speaks of moral purity. It points to Christ ultimately. We're to purify ourselves just as he is pure. But we're to look for what is pure in people as well. Beauty about them. Perhaps sometimes it's the beauty of their innocence. Sometimes it's the beauty of how they look at things, etc. Notice whatever is lovely, as we move down the verse here, whatever is lovely speaks of that which is pleasing and amiable, kind and gracious. It's what is beautiful in God and beautiful in people. The only ones made in his image are people. What's beautiful in his creation? One writer says what is lovely is that which calls forth love or is love-inspiring. One writer says, everything from a sunset to a symphony. Perhaps you could think about it this way. I just love that about this person. I, rather than thinking about what I don't like about them, I love this about them. And you begin to think on the things that are positive. And finally, of good repute is what is commendable about uh, others here. We think of what's highly regarded we think of things like kindness and courtesy and respect for others. Jesus went around doing good. Now, these six parallel phrases have a lot to say to us. Finally, brethren, these are the things we focus on. True, honorable, right, pure, lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is, Paul summarizing now, any excellence... Anything worthy of praise, the Greek word here means anything laudable, anything commendable. Let your mind dwell on these things. The idea of dwelling on these things is a Greek word called logizomai, and it's where we get the idea of a mathematical word called a logarithm. It's the idea of a deliberate, prolonged, contemplative uh, looking over a math problem, but here... It's a long, deliberate, pro prolonged contemplation on these beautiful things within that person or even within my circumstances or my life. Can you see how transformative this is? If you let your mind dwell on these things, catastrophic thinking begins to be pushed out. Negativity begins to be pushed out because you begin to flood your mind on the things that are true and lovely and pure and honorable. So I have found myself this week trying to catch myself when I go the way of catastrophe in my mind and rather begin to praise God for who he is or how he's made people or special qualities that I can actually celebrate. And I found myself turning those things into prayer and thankfulness like, Lord, thank you for that person in my life. You know, they're, they're such a gracious person. I appreciate how they serve, how they pray, how they love, etc. And all of a sudden, a transformation begins to happen 
in your heart and mind. This has to be deliberate, and it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful portrait of how to ponder these things and look for the best. I was reading R. Kent Hughes this week, and he said, what if you inverted the beautiful list in verse 8, and you did opposite? You inverted the words. It would be something like this, and maybe this is where many of you are. Finally, brethren, whatever is untrue, whatever is dishonorable, whatever is unjust, whatever is impure, whatever is unlovely, whatever is uncommendable, if there's anything unpraiseworthy, dwell on these things and dwell and dwell and dwell some more. And all God's people said, yep. Because that may be closer to you right now than the positive list was. Maybe you resonate a little bit more with that negative approach to thinking. Someone has called it stinking thinking. And indeed, it is a battle in a fallen world. Think about the way that things are framed in our world, where people are nitpicked on news reports, where all their flaws and weaknesses are in open display in magazines that sell by the billions. People's flaws and weaknesses tend to make other people feel better about themselves, but not so with the Lord. Not so with his people. If we're to love God with everything we are and love people as we would love ourselves, and more than that, Christ said we're to love people as he loves them, we're going to need help. And we're, we're going to need to dwell on these commendable things rather than negativity. We need to reject negativity and judgmentalism and even skepticism. And that's hard for a lot of us to do. This week, uh, I was reflecting on some notes that I had. I had preached Philippians 4 in 2014, and I was asking the Lord for some fresh manna. And this insight came to me this week. And on the day that it hit me, uh, Alex was in the office, and Alex uh, is our connections director, and he writes the questions each week from the sermon for the small groups. Alex had gone out to, to lunch late that day. It was about two in the afternoon. He finally got out to lunch, and he had flipped on his radio, and he came across a program just for a couple of minutes. It was uh, Dr. Dobson's program, Family Talk, I think is the name of it, K-Wave, 2 o'clock. And they had a guest on there, and this guest was calling for people to join the kindness challenge. And it was a 30-day challenge. It's happening right now. And here's what she laid out. And she had mentioned Philippians 4, 8, and 9 in the five minutes or so that Alex was in his car listening to this. She said, here's the kindness challenge. For 30 days, do this for one person that you interact with several times a week in your everyday life, you could say. One, Say nothing negative to them or about them to others. Nothing negative for 30 days. So you can't say anything negative to them or complain about them to other people. Number two, say something encouraging to them at least once a day. Something that you would praise them for and then tell other people what you praise them for. She used the example, my husband uh, came home from work early and organized some things with the kids to free me up to do a meeting. Isn't that wonderful? And she went and told her friend. She told him, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And she told her friends what he had done. She said, rather than complaining about my husband, I actually praised him to my friends. And then finally, three, do something kind and act of kindness 
once a day. It could be making a cup of coffee for your spouse in the morning. It could be something big or large. But just do one act of kindness once a day. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year. And you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Do something kind, an act of kindness. Once a day, it could be making a cup of coffee for your spouse in the morning. It could be something big or large. But just do one act of kindness once a day. Nothing negative uh, to them or others. One, two, something encouraging, worthy of praise, tell them and others. Three, do one act of kindness once a day for 30 days. They were talking about how scientists who study the brain right now are talking about neural pathways. And they say that when you begin to shift thinking uh, about different areas of your life, it could be exercise programs, diet, or even the way that you view life, you kind of open up some new neural pathways. And if you do something for 30 days, this is what scientists are saying, you will begin to actually change. And your go-to pathway will not be the old way, but the new way. Amen? Now, this is not foreign to any of us because we all know that we try to train ourselves to get better in a lot of different areas. And this is what Paul is basically teaching. That you have, you know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in himself, so he is. Our thought life is so huge. What we decide to fix our eyes on Uh, Psalm 101, verse 3 says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. 
I hate the work of those who fall away. I will not, it will not fasten its grip on me. A perverse, a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. You're going to have to do some self-talk where if the normal way of thinking is A, you've got to talk yourself into doing B. And that's going to take you catching yourself and then beginning to rethink. And, and, the, and the, one of the best ways to do this is just to begin to thank God. Lord, you're here. You're with me. Would you help me to think a new way about this person, this situation? I praise you that you're my great high priest, that you will help me do this. I know you're with me. And as you dwell on these things, something transformative will happen. You will have a peace, and the God of peace will be with you. We'll talk about that in a second. But the things in verse 9, Paul is saying now that you've learned and received in me. Paul's not just talking about, uh, you know, kind of an idea here. In verse 9, he says, the things that you've learned and received, mark these if you mark your Bible, heard and seen in me, practice these things. Now, Paul's not just talking about thinking. He's talking about practicing. Have you ever run into someone and maybe you begin to have a spiritual conversation? You say something like this. Hey, are you a Christian? Do you go to church? And they say something like this. Well, I'm a Christian, but I don't practice. Huh? Can you imagine a pro golfer who makes their living playing golf and they say, no, I don't practice. You know what practice gets teams in sports? It gets them whooped. Because if you don't practice, you're going to be mediocre at best. At whatever you do, if you don't practice it, you ain't going to be good at it. And Paul says, look, just to kind of bring it home, he says, look, you've got to practice these things. Put them into practice. And Paul says, you saw me. In Philippians 3.17, we saw uh, good examples or following the pattern of those who set good examples for us. And so you learned that. You received it in me. Paul was a man who loved people, no doubt. He was a hater and hated, and then he was transformed by the love of Christ. He went all over the Roman world trying to reach Jew and Gentile. Read his letters with this fresh insight. How many times do you see Paul as a friend maker, celebrating both men and women alike who helped him in the ministry, praying for them day and night, sometimes crying? He loved people so much. God had done a work in his heart. And this is the issue. Sometimes I just don't have God's heart towards people. I have to ask him to change my heart to fill me with his love for others and to practice these things. It's so important to practice. We uh, play golf regularly, and uh, usually on Mondays we play golf, and we don't practice. We show up at the course. I usually pull in about five minutes before the tee time, which won't shock anybody who knows me. I'm pretty much a game-time golfer. We're about to tee off. I get there. I do a couple stretches, and we, we go. But we always pray before we hit the first tee shot. And usually, you know, we'll, we'll do a general prayer, and then Pastor John will say, and? And the and is, oh, Lord, help us hit it straight. I believe that's testing the Lord, uh, frankly. <laughs> and we kind of joke about it. Oh, Lord, help us hit it straight. Now, I'm going to talk to you about how doing all things through Christ who strengthens us doesn't mean uh, prowess in sports or things that are impossible for you to do, humanly speaking. 
the I can do all things through Christ is going to be these things that we're learning about, how to walk out God's will. And so here's the promise. We had a promise for the peace of God in verse 7. And here's the promise. If you do these things, the God of peace, end of verse 9, will what? He will be with you. Now that's covenant Old Testament language. I want you to go back to a scene in your mind for a moment. Moses is at the burning bush. The Lord calls him as the deliverer. And Moses says, Lord, who am I? Uh, I'm not good at talking. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go? And God says to Moses, I will be with you. I can feel some of you right now saying, I could never do that. I can't change the pattern. I've tried. How many of you have taken a deep breath (gasps) and said, okay, this time it will be different. Some of you make these declarations on Sundays. You're going to start the diet on Monday. Your famous song is tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll diet tomorrow. Right? It's only a day away. You've been listening to The Secret of Contentment, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 8 through 13. And if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teaching in more books of the Bible. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with pillars. With our app, you could learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our free Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings in Philippians, or you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you are longing to see a miracle. Well, you know, there are a lot of miracles that we overlook. For example, this whole world is a miracle. The fact that it was made and sustained at this very moment is a miracle. The new birth, being born again of the Holy Spirit, is a miracle. And you know, sometimes we pray for physical miracles. We'd love to see, you know, maybe a direct answer to a prayer, but God has his ways. He is sovereign, but he has his ways of speaking to us. You know, I can tell you just in the last week, I've had two occasions where I specifically was either praying about something or thinking about something. And a Bible verse leapt off the page as literally as I can come to that uh, to answer a question about something that I was wrestling with. God is in the miracle working business. He loves you. Our great high priest is always sending out stabilizing uh, grace in our time of need. He loves you. He leads you. Don't doubt. Uh, he is a God of miracles. And remember, sometimes we overlook miracles uh, in our lives, but keep praying and don't lose heart. Well, this is Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We're walking through Philippians, and we're in the final chapter of this incredible book. 
And I would like to welcome uh, all new listeners to this broadcast. Welcome aboard. This is the typical style that you can expect on this program. We also have some amazing monthly partners that I'd like to thank personally, and they are Ronaldo, Caitlin, Sherman, Dennis, Jose, Corrine, Dale, and many others. Now, these folks have become Walk in Truth partners. We are walking together. We're in agreement that the Word of God needs to get out there, the truth of the Bible, and expository verse-by-verse fashion. That's what we're doing right here on Walk in Truth. And our monthly partners can expect an exclusive um, access to something very special coming up. We're working on a project to help equip you further as a Walk in Truth partner. We'll have more on that coming soon. And hey, if you believe in what we're doing, you've been listening for a while and you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, well, go to walkintruth.com, click on that donate tab. You can find out how you can give, even if it's a small amount every month. Our goal is to be listener supported and to continue to spread out wherever the Lord would have us to go. Thank you all for praying and for helping make that happen. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll do part three, Lord willing, of the secret of contentment right here tomorrow. See you then. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $20 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 8 through 13, called The Secret of Contentment. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.